0: Entrepreneurs often have similar characteristics, energy, passion, vision. But why do some soar to success while others struggle to climb? Less than 2% of women-owned businesses in North America ever achieve a million dollars a year in annual revenue. Why is that? And how do we dramatically increase that number? Welcome to Breakthrough with your host, Sarah Roach-Lewis. Sarah offers conversations with the ambitious women entrepreneurs in that 2% to help you break through. Now, here is Sarah Roach Lewis.
1: Well, hello, ambitious one. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Breakthrough. Perhaps you have a bold ambition or an emerging desire to hit the million dollar mark and beyond in your business. You may be well on your way or just starting out. Regardless, the show is for you. Today, I want to welcome Michelle Sakai to the show. Michelle is a visual artist and primordial sound meditation instructor with the Chopra Center, as well as a certified Reiki master. She has studied and exhibits her work around the world. Welcome to Breakthrough, Michelle.
2: Hi there. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, Michelle, I'm curious. You've managed to overcome the starving artist stereotype and create a multi-million dollar (laughs) business out of your art. I'd love for you to start by telling us a little bit about that artistic and entrepreneurial journey.
2: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me and um, for everyone out there that's listening. Thanks for listening. Um, Yeah, I started as a child painting and I think for me, I was really lucky that I knew what I wanted to do in my life. Um, I always knew I was creative. I was painting as soon as I could hold a drawing material in my hand, so um, it was easy for me to follow my passion because I, you know, was so strong in me. Um, so I started selling my work, like I was just telling you, um, from high school and trying to exhibit and have my art out into the world from a very young age, and that's what started everything.
1: Amazing. You talk that you say your mixed heritage and your world travels um, influenced your art from an early age. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, um, so my father, I, I grew up, so first I should probably say that my mother is Japanese, my father is Iranian, and um, they met here in the States. And from a young age, my father really wanted to show my brother and I the world, and it was travel was very important to, to my parents. And so we were very fortunate enough to have gone everywhere. Um, he took us to places like Alaska, Thailand, I mean, Israel, all around the world. Wow. And um, from a young age, and throughout, you know, high school, and so we we were very well traveled. And I think that for me was very eye opening to see much and you know when you're younger you're like a sponge so you're just taking all this information in and um, you know I <clears throat> grew up in a family that really loved art and cherishes art so I seeing that around the world and the opportunity to see different cultures and you know um, beautiful creations in all these pl- places um, really fueled fueled my work and my creativity even more
1: And is there a particular time or space that you feel was especially impactful in that, in those early years?
2: Yes. Well, I spent a lot of my time in Japan. Every summer was spent in Japan. So um, I think I was, you know, without realizing at the time, right, like I was being influenced by this culture. And so I would go there live there, go to school, um, be immersed in the Japanese culture, and then come back to, to New York and live this American lifestyle. So, and I, you know, that I speak Japanese fluently, and I went to Japanese school, so I feel very much at home there. And that Zen minimalist um, culture really was instilled in me from very young. Um, and it's interesting that now it's coming out in my art all these years later. But I was always influenced by that. I loved the French impressionist style as well. I was a landscape painter for 20 years, so my whole childhood was all painting outdoors. You know, getting this, this um, strong skill set of how to um, um, paint. Uh, you know, bringing something that's three dimensional into two di- two dimensional planes. So that was um, a very a, you know great learning experience for me as an artist. And and I still bring that into some of my pieces. So, mm.
1: and you've studied around the world as well. So, what did that look like for you in terms of the the value and the importance of the education?
2: So, yeah, I was in school. I went to a lot of. I was very ambitious. I I, <laughs> well, I did my undergrad in two years. So that so I did a lot of abroad. Uh, sessions and then I took classes like every break so January sessions over the summer um, and I just wanted different experiences because I had all this great traveling experience when I was younger I kind of wanted to go back to those places and revisit them and spend time in them so I did like a Venice a program in Venice and um, I remember you know that just and I was an art history major, so I was taking in all this amazing information right there on the spot rather than learning it from books or Mm. slides at the time. Um, And so I think, yeah, it was really important to live it and breathe it and be immersed in this atmosphere. And, you know, it's like, if you want to learn how to swim, you got to get in the pool, right. Or in water. It's not just learning about it in books, but that for me was what art, you know, getting that art history, um, hit, um, experience yeah so, so yeah I traveled around different schools and then <laughs> and so I was in school forever and then went on to my master's in San Francisco and then after I ended up teaching art uh, which was something I never thought I'd be doing but I did that as well so I was in
1: school a long time yes <laughs> So was I. It's kind of fun, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's great to be a student. I think mm-hmm. we should all be students all the time until you know for the rest of our lives, hopefully.
1: Hopefully, right? Um, yeah, so, always learning. So you spend a lot of time developing your art and learning about that. How did you develop your business acumen or, or you know that that side of of your life?
2: So, um, yeah, I I think I was, you know, I think it was part of me to have this kind of um, business mindset because I, you know, in high school, I would go to local spots and paint, um, even golf courses. I was, I had this thing with golf courses and I would go and paint a, and then I created a an exhibition um, at a golf course and then I got golf course clients and then that took me to flying to different parts of like Dana Point and these beautiful courses and um, painting there and but um, I think initially I just wanted to get my artwork out there and show it and share it and um through that, then I had people approach me and say, well, you know, I want to buy your piece. And then it was kind of like, well, what do I, how do I price this and going through that. And then um, once I saw that people were buying for it and, you know, um, paying, you know, I said, well, let me, I just threw a number out there. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, like, let's see what happens. And people people went for it and were all open and, and purchased my work. So that kind of started Started it, um, but and then I also through college I was interning for um, art dealers. I, I interned at museums, um, so I, I had a lot of experience in the art business side as well. Um, and that was, you know, that was very helpful for me to see. Uh, I think a lot of artists maybe miss that part, but they, you know, spend a lot of time. Um, with the creating process of their works, but maybe not so much the business side. And, um, you know, being an artist, it's, it's you know, I wish it was, a, it was all about creating and just creating my work, but it's, that's not even half of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a business like anything else. And when you have a product that you want to selling and, and showcase and get, you know, share with the world, it's like anything else. So you have to treat it pretty much the same way. Um, and not have this um, attachment to your pieces.
1: What were some of those things that you learned um, in those internship roles, like in that when you were training in that business side of the art world that maybe surprised you or that you were able to take to where you are today?
2: So it's a great question. I think um, for me, I was learning, it was very eye-opening to see that, you know, people buy art like stock, you know, and a lot of times, um, I mean, most of the time the paintings are going into storage, um, you know, art warehouses, they're not being showcased in homes. And, you know, it's it's all about Hmm. the trade and and the deal and um, not so much about the painting. People weren't buying pieces because they liked it. They were buying it because of, um, you know, the, the, monetary value and the investment it could bring to them in the future so that was very eye-opening for me in terms of being an artist you know I think I was very naive thinking you know you paint something beautiful and that's you know gonna gonna,
1: it's
2: gonna be on someone's tone, wall
1: and they're gonna love it and enjoy it and
2: look right at it and right 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 but most of the time you know it doesn't even make it to, you know and then, the museums, forget that, right? So it was kind of, uh, that was really eye-opening for me. Um, And then also real thinking about what kind of artist I want to be and who I want purchasing and collecting my work. And um, I think once I decided or, you know, kind of had a clarity with that was how I was able to shape my business and know the direction I wanted to go in as an artist.
1: So true. Uh, So who is, uh, who do you want collecting your art?
2: Um, So I, as you know, I think we discussed earlier, I consider myself spiritual. I love, I, um, I call my work transformative art. And I tend to gravitate people that are kind of on a similar path, that are working on themselves, um, you know, whether it's, you know, they are, they're people that just um, um, want to live a healthy lifestyle or want to, um, are on a path of Uh, self-awareness mindfulness growing emotionally spiritually physically um and you know bringing healing to themselves to others um like like that kind of realm i want to say um and so i always i always joke because i say i should have a party for like all my all my uh, collectors because i think they would all hit it off (laughs) you know they're very similar kind of people um but it's interesting because it i it just naturally happens, right? so yeah. it's nothing that i'm i'm go you know I'm not going out there trying to find these kinds of people they're just um gravitating towards my work so,
3: hmm.
2: so I think when yeah. you're clear yeah, go ahead
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a good point. I don't mean to interrupt you. i think when when you're clear about what you're doing, it does attract the right people
2: Mhm, absolutely.
1: So when you realized that and had that awakening, I had absolutely no idea as you did about, you know, what the art world looks like, um, did you then make, uh, how does one move into that? Were you you then able to be thinking about, you know, what is most important in terms of having exhibits? Like, you know, I, I guess my question is, um, how do you figure out how to navigate that world? Because what is really important is connecting your art with people who love it and want to buy it. And in order for that to happen, they have to see it.
2: Right. That's right. That's very true. Um, so I mean, it, it was. It's been a long journey, <laughs> right? Like mm. I, I was showing from again from high school so it's it's been so many years um and I don't I want to say it's not like one thing but it's 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 a path and um you know I think for me for like I was saying earlier the number one thing having clarity in what kind of artist do you want to be and you know I knew that I wasn't going to be making you know thousands of paintings a year. It was more, you know, um, whatever I can make in that year, but have them be really special pieces. And, um, you know, I wasn't selling my paintings for, you know, $100, right? It was, it was more of, okay, I'm going to, and, and I, and I want to do this till hopefully the day I die and I'm a hundred years old, you know, I, I'm looking to do this in the long run. So it wasn't, it wasn't just like, how can I make the most money today? And like, just do, it was more about how I can be a successful artist. And to me being successful is being authentic and true to what I'm creating, bringing um, something positive to the world and light, more light into the world and how I can touch as many people as I can and through that um, uh, be, you know, have a business. So um, it it was more of like this having this clarity for myself and then through that, um, to answer your question like, okay, if I want to be in this environment of healing, you know, I, I'm, I'm now showing in places like Miraval resort, resort, which is a healing center and also a beautiful resort in Arizona. Um, I have my art there. I have done talks at different spiritual centers like in San Francisco. My art's there as well. Um, and getting into these different kinds of environments and also through showing it like, through galleries and art shows, um, it, like like we said about attracting just those particular buyers, and um, that happened naturally. So um, I think putting it out there and then seeing what you receive, what comes back to you, and then um, you know one thing just leads to the next.
1: It is very smart and strategic when you think about where are those where are the potential collectors for your art and where are those places um, that, that they hang out. And so, you know, that it's really interesting to see what those natural linkages and connections are that you've made along this journey.
2: Yeah. And, and a lot of it, you know, cause I'm thinking of like, it, it really like I have my art in my home as you see behind me. Right. Mm. And it's like, you know, I, it's authentic to me. So it's like where, you know, the places I go, it's a reflection of me. So it's, it's, it's where, you know, I have, it's interesting that a lot of my clients have a similar aesthetic and design, you know, I, as I do, and
1: that's no surprise, right? You know what? I'm going to pause us right there and uh, give people a chance to noodle on that. We'll go to break and we'll be right back.
3: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
0: Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach-Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions.
3: Calling all Voice America listeners, hosts, employees, families, and friends. We're super excited about our Voice America Community Service Day to be held on September 7th. Let's join together with Full Color Movement Internationals. Give Hope Luncheon for the homeless and families in need. Join us at the gym at 2320 North 7th Street in Phoenix from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come volunteer and bring packaged foods for 300 people. We need snack bags, socks, shorts, and backpacks for size small to 5X. Let's do our part to make someone's day a little brighter with our smiles, songs, poems, and some games. Soaring with Eagles radio show host Crystal Richardson will be celebrating September birthdays that day, so let's join her nonprofit and help raise $30,000 for a van and scholarships for at-risk youth. Don't miss this opportunity to make a huge difference in the lives of those that need it most. For more information on our service day or to donate, contact Crystal Richardson at www.fullcolormovement.com or go to Soaring with Eagles on the Voice America Empowerment page today. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach-Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough.
1: Welcome back to Breakthrough. I'm here with Michelle Sakai, and um, we're very hopeful that the transition leaving the break um, made sense to you because I lost my audio right at the end. So um, thanks for indulging my my quick leave to break, Michelle. And uh, I just want to come back and, and um, kind of circle back to our conversation. You know, I think one of the things is interesting is... Um, as an artist, I'm sure you've seen a real progression in your art over the years. I'm curious um, if you, to think about what has been some of the progression that you've seen in in developing and maintaining your business?
2: So, um, so first I'd like to say that I was a landscape painter for most of, you know, for many years. And then, um, you know, close to 10 years ago, I, had a spiritual awakening, and that is what really um, helped my style evolve. Um, and you know, I evolve, I evolved as a person, um, spiritually, emotionally. I, I, that is when I, my work transitions into abstract. So, um, I never thought I'd be an abstract artist. I actually hated it growing up <laughs> and avoided every class on abstract. Um, art, but um, here I am, you know, as you see behind me, painting Beautiful. this is you know the style I'm painting now, and I and I really can't see myself going backwards. but um, you know, I came to that by trusting uh, myself and the path I was on and taking that leap. And so once I started you know looking within and going deeper, Myself into my, you know, my soul for my work and inspiration and why I'm painting, why I'm doing what I'm doing every day. Um, that is, you know, when everything changed. So um, I think I, you know, ha- having gone through that experience, um, I can trust that that, you know, all of that guidance and the wisdom is really um, coming from within me. And, you know, just being able to tap into that um, more on a daily basis rather than, um, you know, and, and being mindful and, um, you know, questioning my own questions, you know, and um, kind of connecting to that place, whether it's by meditation every day or, um, you know, visualiza- doing visualizations um you know, it's kind of strengthening that inner part of you that we all, I think, don't do enough of in today's world where we're constantly going outwards. We're starting the day going outwards rather than inwards. So um, it is a big practice and it is is an important part of my life where um, I wake up and the first thing I do is meditate and go inwards Um, and starting my day a lot with um, different affirmations and um, things like that, which is a really big part of my my life, including my work and um, me personally. And um, I think that to answer your question is probably, um, yeah, well, how? how <clears throat> excuse me, um, how I can grow and evolve as as a person and as you know, an artist, business owner, all of that.
1: Fair enough. What would you say is your greatest strength when it comes to the business side of your practice?
2: I'm sorry, the line cut out. Can you repeat that?
1: Sure. What would you say is your greatest strength in the business side of your artistic practice?
2: Oh yeah. Um, So I think, you know, as an artist, we're so, um you know attached to our creations and and i think that's so important because it's who we are and what we do and it's a reflection of us it's a part of us and um you know when i remember when i was younger uh, you know, I would lie to my clients and say I sold the pieces because I didn't want to let go of them. And and it, and it was crazy because they're offering me thousands of dollars and I just was like, um, I couldn't do it, you know. And I think now I've come to a point where the minute I put the brush down, I detach and I am, it is no longer a part of me. I mean, I sage all my art. I go, you know, it's they're their spiritual um, living pieces to me. And as soon as I like, as soon as I'm, d- I'm done with the piece, I really um, have have learned to detach. And um, that was very difficult for me. But I think as a business, um, it's very important to not you know, you're doing this because you want to share it with the world. And so if you're going to hoard your art, like I was doing, then that's not really, you know, the the point. So um, I think letting go of my work and, and really um, not, you know, no, like you know, you have to look at it as as an object too that you're selling, right? Like if a business, if a shop owner doesn't want to sell all the stuff on the shelves, then you know, it's like why own the shop? Why show up every day to sell your just sell your items? So it's kind of the same thing, and having that outlook is important.
1: And so I can imagine that would be a difficult process to get to that. You know, sort of that idea that we all fall in love with our own creation. And, and you said that was really hard. What was the process or what did you have to tell yourself? What did that look like to, to move through that journey of, I, I, I'm not selling it, I'm hoarding my art to, yes, actually, I, I want to sell this out into the world.
2: Um, I, well, it was, a, it was a long process for me. It wasn't something that happened overnight. I think, you know, all of this self-work on myself Really helped me to get there um, because it's like anything else in my life, emotionally, too. That whatever I'm going through and experiencing, it's really just being able to let go of all of these, you know, beliefs that we have in our heads. And, um, you know, I think being on this path of um, wanting to self grow and evolve, um, you have to build that inner strength that really lets you be free, you know? And, and, and for me, that freedom is is so, there's so much in that word. It's not just, you know, freedom to, you know, wake up and do what you want, but also freedom to not be, um, attached to all your, all your physical things, but also, you know, having those, um, or non-physical things. So it's like, you know, being able to walk through life without really needing anything. I mean, one of the biggest, um, I think, challenges is we we just are so attached to all of our, um, which is natural, but like, you know, they say what, you know, so a family loses its home through a fire or whatever. It's just, there's so much in that when you lose all your material um, items and you're left with just what's on your, shoulders, you know, and your back, Mm -hmm. so whatever the saying is, but like you kind of, there is, there is this um, liberation that comes through all of that, and I think um, it's, and my creations are the same to me, where they're all parts of myself, but um, if I can let go of all of these different parts and, and just build on, you know, then it's like you don't need all of these external Um, physical things because you're holding everything within everything I paint is within me. So it's kind of that, you know, awakening to to say like, okay, I can let go of this stuff. Like they're not, I'm not losing anything, you know, And, and actually it's quite the opposite. Now I've come the other way and I feel like it is such a liberation and the more I can get it out, it's like, I, you know, it's, it's, it brings a smile to my face. So it's really, I, I've come full circle with that, and knowing that I don't need to hold on to any of this, um, and it and that way also, I think the energy is in is in there. I believe everything is energy, um, and so I think that the pieces hold that as well. Um, if I am holding on mm. to it, I think energetically it just it won't. I mean, I've I've had shows where I didn't sell anything because I didn't want to. I went <laughs> into the show not wanting to sell anything, and so of course it, I didn't sell anything. Um, but then, it, you know, if I go through, I've had shows then, it was the opposite. I sold so many things before the show <laughs> even happened that I had to make more pieces. So it's really
1: like, it, you know, it, it's proof to me. It really is. Absolutely. And I suspect that there are lots of listeners right now nodding their head and smiling, regardless of, of you know, whether they're an artist or not. We've all had that experience about, you know, the mindset is so powerful. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So one of the things that I'm always curious about is, you know, as, as you're less than 2% of women who achieve seven figures and beyond in their business, your business is your art practice. Um, so, you know, congratulations. We don't always take time to reflect on that. So I'm curious you. how you celebrate the, your wins in your life and in your business.
2: Um I think um yeah I I definitely you know I think I'm I'm very appreciative of, of of um my whole journey and I think having goals are important and um I set I do set set them every year actually, believe it or not, I still have a notebook, I write in it all the time and that's how it starts, right? One goal and you may not get there the first year, but then you'll get there the next year, and um, and then continuing that. Um, and I and it is important to have goals. I believe, um, and and to write it down also, not just have it in your head. Whether you know you have a vision board or you, um, journal, you know, it's important to have that out there and to see it every day and to also connect with it every day. Um, there, I was, there were years where I really wasn't selling my work and not because I didn't want to, I just didn't, that wasn't a number one priority for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me it was the shift of have have, making that a priority and then things started to move. So there is an importance that I've, learn through experience of having a goal and really connecting with it every day. It's not just saying that once on new year's day, January 1st, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's living it, breathing it, seeing it every day. Um, That's really important. Um, Sorry, I went on a tangent. I
1: don't know. It's it's a great tangent. And I, I'm curious uh, (laughs) when, when you're talking about those goals, do you set, sort of for all of the facets of your business so do you set sort of goals for um your painting and then goals for the more businessy side what does that look like
2: yeah um definitely the more detail you have the better i think so um but i think there's always that one that's going to lead and um and that's okay, because I feel like, you know, it could, it could work like a domino effect, you know, one mm-hmm. can affect the other, you know. And so, but having that one goal is really important, um, but also not getting lost in it, too. You know, I think for me, it was always like, how could I live an authentic, be an authentic artist to myself and um, be successful with it? Like, I think, you know, we started off this, this interview with like, Um, you know about the starving artist uh, saying and and I think what really helped me was that I never connected with that like I never when people said that I was always like what what do they mean like I just I never I never connected I think because I from a young age I saw a lot of how how you know I was working in in fields where excuse me um, where I saw artists that were really successful. Mm -hmm. Um, and whether that was in design or, um, you know, not just fine art, but, um, I think seeing that and being open to that and really being optimistic and positive as a, as a person and how I see the world really helped me because I never, I never associated with that. And, um, you know, I now I, I just had last weekend. Um, I'm part of my university. I'm, I'm on the board of my old university, and I had the fine art kids come to my studio, and we did a studio visit, and that was something we talked a lot about because I think those days are over too. I mean, we're in a we're in a whole different world now, where like you can make anything a business, and with technology, there's so much. I mean, it's, everything's creative too. You know, like all of these you know, jobs now are, are creative jobs. So um, I think having that mindset where you can make, you know, if there's something that interests you and um, there's a, sp- you know, there's a space for everything now. Um, and I, I, and not connecting with, you know, the starving artist mentality. I mean, I don't, not only can you survive, but you can thrive. And that was always in my head and the way I saw um, the art world.
1: Such a powerful power, again, a power of mindset, that and mindset and that idea of you can't be what you can't see and you can be what you see. You, your world was surrounded by um, successful artists so it didn't occur to you that that couldn't be part of your path and your journey. I love that these are the kinds of conversations that you're having with fine art students.
2: Yeah. I mean, from a young age, when I was, you know, working for this art dealer, you know, and of course, a lot of the artists were dead, but like, you know, mm-hmm. we were working with all kinds of, with Monet's, with, you know, Modigliani's and, you know, we, and, and also some contemporary artists. And now that the contemporary art world is out, you know, you could look at the auctions and see, um, it's, it's a different world now. And, um, So you don't have to be dead to be, you know, you can, and, um, and now, you know, before it was a select um, kind of, I want to say, group of people that would be in this art world, um, where nowadays, it's anybody, you know, and anybody can, can, be purchasing this kind of work and um, is aware of the market and can be, you know, can get into it. It doesn't, it, before it was a, it was a very small group and um, you know, cause I was, I was a kid going to these art auctions. And so I was lucky to see that, see that world from a young age. And, um, and I said to myself, well, you know, if people are paying hundreds of, and back then it was like, you know, a quarter of a million dollars for a painting was a big deal. Now it's like, oh, like that's nothing, you know? So it's, it, it's, it's really limitless. And I think um, seeing that, I, I saw that it was limitless. And so it's like finding where, where can I fit in into this, into this world.
1: Amazing. And I think, you know, that whole idea too, that there are so many things that the internet has leveled and and this is definitely one of those areas there's so much creativity so much of what we're doing now requires that creativity and you're absolutely right it like it, it is everywhere mm-hmm. so yeah. I am just going to take us to break, Michelle, and uh, when we come back, I'd love to um, just chat with you about some advice you might have um, for women who want want to, to, you know, follow this path that you have. We'll be right back.
3: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Calling all Voice America listeners, hosts, employees, families, and friends. We're super excited about our Voice America Community Service Day to be held on September 7th. Let's join together with Full Color Movement Internationals. Give Hope Luncheon for the homeless and families in need. Join us at the gym at 2320 North 7th Street in Phoenix from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come volunteer and bring packaged foods for 300 people. We need snack bags, socks, shorts, and backpacks for size small to 5X. Let's do our part to make someone's day a little brighter with our smiles, songs, poems, and some games. Soaring with Eagles radio show host Crystal Richardson will be celebrating September birthdays that day, so let's join her nonprofit and help raise $30,000 for a van and scholarships for at-risk youth. Don't miss this opportunity to make a huge difference in the lives of those that need it most. For more information on our service day or to donate, contact Crystal Richardson at www.fullcolormovement.com or go to Soaring with Eagles on the Voice America Empowerment page today. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough to succeed. You must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills.
0: Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach-Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions.
3: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach-Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to Sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough.
1: I'm back with Michelle Sakai, and we are talking about art and business. Michelle, what is that piece of advice that you have for women, especially artists, who want to hit that seven-figure mark in their business?
2: So, um... I'd say that, um, personally, my experience with art school, since I went to so many of them, a lot of them, you know, it's so many hours of um, perfecting your skill and taking all of these different fine art classes, and that is super important, and I'm not taking away from that, but I also think it's important to immerse yourself in business classes, Um, so and it doesn't have to, you know, nowadays everything's on YouTube, there's all mm-hmm. sorts of people you could follow, learn from, you don't have to be in a classroom setting, but definitely taking the time to learn. If you, an and intern like I did, as much as you can, gallery, I mean, and knowing, you know, what kind of artist you want to be. So um, having clarity on the kind of artist you want to be, and um, if you are looking to, to be that full time and have a business with it, it would definitely be important to, to take the time, get out there, um, you know, go to different workshops, you know, definitely taking time to, to learn about social media, um, all of these things and, um, and surrounding yourself with the right people as well and getting help. I I was, you know, for a long time doing everything on my own. And I do, for the most part, I actually am. But, um, you know, having an assistant doing these, it's very important to create a team Mm -hmm. and have a team of people with you.
1: So you have a team. Um, Who do you, like, what sort of roles do you have on your team that help you out?
2: So I have uh, studio interns that help me also in the studio. Um, you know, and it took me years to get to that place. I was doing Mm. so much, everything on my own for many, many, many years. And I was, you know, successful doing that. But I think, um, I had this vision of wanting to grow and if, and it's, there is no other way, right? We only have two hands. So in this, if I'm making things physically, it's a, it's a lot, it's, it's helpful. And I don't have them you know, creating my pieces, but, you know, maybe doing the wiring on the back, um, sure. you know, to to priming canvases or things like that, that are yeah. very helpful um, and, and speed up the process where I can then focus on just, you know, the painting. So they're, you know, um, having that broader vision, definitely, and surrounding, like, and you know, having the assistant that's going to help me with my emails and you know shipping things and um, you know coordinating shows and it's a lot. And that's a, that in itself is a full time full time job. So um, there's sometimes very very little room for painting, <laughs> little yeah. time for painting, and it's and, and that's I have to remember that's the focus. So
1: well, and we often talk about that the importance of working in your zone of genius and outsourcing everything else. Um, And, you know, that's, that's your zone of genius is painting. Yeah. I'd love to hear, we talked a little bit, we weaved um, a conversation around spirituality in and out of our conversation. I'm curious to hear a little bit about how you nurture your own spirituality. And also, you know, we hear those messages of self-care, being important, and this show is dedicated to ambitious women entrepreneurs who want to grow their business, and that requires discipline and focus and, and, you know, hard work. For women who are listening and thinking, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to explore that. Uh, where, or women who think, hmm, maybe I do, but I don't even know where to start, What sort of, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about about your practice and and where you are, and a little bit of advice for women who maybe just need to start out on that path. What's like the first bite-sized chunk?
2: Okay. Uh, I do get this question a lot, um, actually. So... um, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> there's so many things going on in my head right now. But um, I think to break it down, um, you know, um, and I know because we, you know, everyone talks about meditation and how important it is. And, um, you know, there's all these studies now that show, you know, it's, it, it also, it's, it's helpful in so many ways that if we can just, you know, spend the five minutes and do that a day, then, uh, um, you know, I have my daily practice. Uh, that I do. And I realized that it's not, you know, not everybody is there and, and, and can do that or wants to do that. But um, I think definitely like you're saying, starting small. And for me, even with the meditation, it, it took just have, taking one deep breath a day. So what I did was I put an alarm in my phone uh, <laughs> for once a day in the middle of the day to just, and it, and it reminded me cause it, to just stop what I was doing, and take one deep breath, and um, and what what happens is that you know for a second you are going inwards, and um, it's stopping the, the mind the mind that is constantly having a, you know a million thoughts a day, and it's just stopping that track and 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 allowing you the few the minute to go in, and what happened was. When I started doing that once a day, I actually noticed that I started doing that multiple times a day and then I no longer needed the alarm and then um, I found that I was more in the moment whether it was um, silly things of you know washing my hands or waiting for the elevator you find yourself connecting and just taking a breath in and then um, through that you're stopping you know the the, the norm of the chatter in your mind and being more present. And um, that may sound like so unimportant <laughs> to a lot of people, I think, out there, but um, it actually creates a shift. And uh, then the, the, the actions that you're taking become more important. You know, do you realize sometimes that like you can do 10 things and it just did nothing? And then that one thing. And so, so I think when you're coming from this place of being more mindful um, and aware, then the actions you take actually are significant. And you can, you have this clarity and and rather than, you know, shooting a bunch of things into the sky, you you have this Direct aim and it is just more concise and and I, I'm sorry I'm not doing a good job of explaining it probably but but um, for me that was very helpful and just that it started with just that one breath and then it became multiple breaths then it became you know ten minutes of breathing in the morning um, and then you know leading to affirmations leading to, I, I also tap. Um, So I do everything. It's not just one thing. Um, I I Reiki myself when I need to. I Reiki my art. I I mean, it becomes, it's a whole way of living for me. So it's hard to just pull one thing out. But I think, I think it all begins and ends with the breath.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, And really, it can't get any more simple than just starting with a deep breath. And I, you know, I have to echo that I think it's all of those things in terms of helping with your focus. It's also helping with, I think to some degree, being more aware of your own body. And I had this crazy experience last night where I, I live in Canada and it's cold and I was sitting on the, on the sofa cause I wanted to enjoy the beautiful Christmas tree cause we're recording this before Christmas and I was frozen and I just had this mo- like I was feeling so overwhelmed and like really anxious and just bone tired and I just thought I'm frozen. I can't do anything else, I'm going to bed. So I got my handy dandy um, magic bag that you heat up in the microwave and took it to bed with me and 10 minutes later I was warm and I was no longer cranky, I was no longer overwhelmed, and I was no longer tired. And so just, I had that real moment of recognizing, like I didn't, I didn't in the beginning of that recognize that what my problem was is that I was cold. Um, but I think starting to understand my body that that was the decision to go to bed. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm just cold, I'm, all, I'm better now. So I think those are some of the things that, you know, when we start to, when we start to, that's what the breath helps with, is just helping us get a little bit more centered every day.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And also I think we're less edgier, you know, if, you know, you have, let's say you're working, you have your business of your own, and people are calling you for all sorts of things, asking you all kinds of questions. Well, you want to, you want to maintain your strength, your cool, and not, Lose it, and you know, this all this helps your business in so many ways. So, um, it may not sound like a lot, but it actually goes a a very long way
1: does Um, so tell me just as we wrap up um, I know that you've got a book that you've just published I'd love to hear a little bit about that and I'd love to just hear a little bit about about you Michelle and you know what is on the horizon for you as we're just starting out that you know 2020 year
2: absolutely so first I'll start with the book right here I'm holding it it's It's called Awakening Thank you. It's called Awakening, and it actually um, pulls out of this um, box, and it looks like this. Mm. Um, and it's a compilation of 200 of my recent Abstract Expressionist paintings with my personal quotes. Um, so it took me a few years to c- compile all of these um, Quotes and and, and artwork, and I'll just show you um, a page here. um, Just so for the people that look at the video after.
1: Oh, (laughs) that is beautiful.
2: I'm going to
1: um, take the, so we'll be on audio um, on where you're listening to podcasts and on Voice America. And if you want to come to my website at srl.solutions, I will take the video that Michelle is showing us right now and put that on our website.
2: Thank you. I will also that.
1: Um, put. A, well, we'll also link to your website and to your Instagram. I took a, a scroll through your Instagram over the last few days, and and truly, um, for those of you who are listening, it is absolutely well worth your while um, to stop and and take a look at Michelle's artwork. It, it's truly beautiful.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, so yes, I just, I just made this book. You can purchase it on my website. Um, and I just wanted, I, you know, when I'm painting, sometimes I have these, these, um, these words come to me. And so I just jot it down and um, I, that's what's in my book right now with my artwork. And there's different quotes to different paintings. Um, but um I will. I will read you my in, my first quote of the book, which is the intro into the book. I never thought I would be an abstract artist. I have found that the catalyst for abstract art is internal. I stopped searching for subjects to paint and looked within and discovered an infinite universe. Um, and that is the truth for me, because I. Um, I think I. For me, it came to a point where, you know, it was that realization that we hold. Mm. Everything within us. Um, I'm a big follower of Eckhart Tolle, and um, I've been to a few of his retreats and heard him speak in person, and I I really am a big fan. And um, and and he he speaks a lot about you know being present and um, and you know um, mindfulness. I mean, really everything. He's such a Mm -hmm. modern day spiritual teacher. Uh, that really breaks it down to the language that we can understand, the, sim- the simple language. Um, so I, I tried to bring that practice into my work, into my personal life. Um, so this book was really um, a big s- step for me. And I. Um, yeah. So that was, that's something for the closing of this year, I guess. And um, the start of next year, um, I'm starting January with being part of the first art fair in Doha, Qatar. So that is an exciting um, new venture for me. We'll see how that goes. If anyone out there is going to Doha, please come <laughs> January 16th, a cat art fair. Amazing. Um, and then I'm starting a new series of work. I just uh, had my solo show end last month, and that was um, a series where I recreated the Major Arcana cards into paintings, um, and that was a whole year process for me where I really lived each card and um, translated uh, that into, into my own, um, I guess, my own vision. And uh, this new series is actually quite minimalistic um, it's connecting again with my japanese roots mm-hmm. it's um, called my suji series and it is all on numbers and i'm only using white paint and different metals oh. and it's very similar yeah it has this connection to like japanese calligraphy but one may not if there there i have a few on my website up which you can Feel free to take a look. And um, they're quite impactful, but they're very quiet but loud at the same time. I don't know how to, like the Japanese culture, sure, I guess, yeah. where the negative space is what's important. So there's a lot of the metal leaf coming through with the minimal, you know, the the simple color of white, just white. Um, so that is my, and I think coming after my uh Tarot series, which was very colorful, um, a lot of um, just very expressive, and and you know some pieces some pieces were quite loud. Um, this is loud in an, in a very different way, and um, so I think it was. I just kind of needed that. Uh, I think after coming sure. out of this series, so mm-hmm. that's uh, my new series so far, um, and. I plan to, yeah, I plan to do a whole work, uh, uh, a whole series of them in 2020.
1: Amazing. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate that you've come and talked to us about your particular experience, um, marrying art and business.
2: Thank you. I, thanks for having me. And I hope I was helpful and for everyone out there, you know, um, please feel free to reach out I, and, um, you can find me at Michelle Sakai Art on Instagram and michellesakai.com on my website. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Love and light.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Breakthrough. Be sure to join Sarah Roach Lewis again with another inspiring interview next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.